Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hello there, AR Nation. How's it going? Richard Kiston here. I'm glad to be back with you on another episode of the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Um, for a lot of us, quarantine time may be coming to an end, so that's kind of good news, um, or at least limitations are being taken off. Um, and it couldn't come at a better time because I know here in New York City today, the weather is sexy, which is amazing. Uh, another good reason... I've got an amazing guest with us today. His name is Brian Winston, and he is a high-performance coach. Uh, coaches lots of executives and particularly business people to take their game higher levels, scale up their businesses, and really take control of their lives and their businesses um, and every aspect of their life particularly. So, Brian Winston, welcome to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I'm glad to have you on, my man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, so it's good to finally be on here with you. I know, for sure. Um, so, Brian, again, I, I want to relinquish the floor to you um, because there, I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, in, at least before I really got to know you and the things, the kind of work that you do, when, when they hear the idea of, of a performance coach, high performance coach or peak performance coach, um, you know, a lot, you can come up with a lot of different ideas, but I just want to give you the floor, maybe share a little bit about yourself, your story, and how'd you get into, or, or how'd you get to where you find yourself today? Well, first I can start off by telling you kind of what a, what a, what a coach is, because I think that there's some um, um, understanding around what coaching, or at least what, the way I, the understanding that I've gained, right? So what is a coach? A coach is not really a teacher. A coach is not really a mentor. It's is different in that we allow people to get, get their own understanding. It, it, we allow people to get their own understanding about what their problems are, what their solutions are. So I help people to answer their own questions, basically. So um, if someone comes in and has a problem, I don't just tell them, listen, this is what you're supposed to do. I start to ask questions. And for me asking questions, they get clarity. And from that clarity, they can make better decisions. And that's basically what I help people to do as a coach, is I help people to better themselves. Right. So we talk about a peak performance coach. A peak performance coach is someone who helps someone who wants to perform at a higher level. They they're they're doing well, right? They're they're functioning. They're probably functioning at a high level already. But they want to be able to they they know that there's another level that they can get to and they want some help to do that. Like we think about Kobe Bryant, right? We think about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had had a personal trainer, he had coaches, he had people who helped him, he had he had coaches, he had people He's the best player. He has all these people who help get to a higher level. So that's what I do, but I don't do it for athletes. I do it for people in their businesses. So I do it with leaders, like people who own a business or people who lead a team. I help them to do that. I do that through conversations. Gotcha. So that's, a, that's basically what, what a peak performance coach is, from my perspective, at least. Now, I know some of your background, you came from – for several years, you, you were a personal trainer, right? Um, yeah. How did you get to 
and maybe if you want to go back a little before that, you know, however far you think is relevant, but how'd you go from that to then coaching? It's, it's me. It seemed like a really natural progression to go from being a personal trainer to being a coach. Cause a personal trainer, a personal trainer is not a coach. A personal trainer is actually a mix between a consultant and a, and a coach, right? So you come to a personal trainer and you say, listen, this is my issue. I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to gain 15 pounds of muscle, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. Right. And then the, the trainer says, okay, I'm going to make a plan and show you how to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through it. Right. But a coach is like, okay, so why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Right. And why do you like, what do you think it is to get there? So I was already kind of halfway there because I had the whole consultant coach thing going. Right. But I had this really strong desire to know what made people, made some people happy and successful and some people unhappy and unsuccessful. So I started to get kind of bored with the personal training idea. It just wasn't really, I don't know. It just wasn't for me after a while. After a while, I didn't really want to get any better at it. It just, it just wasn't, it wasn't a fire in my belly anymore, but I still had this desire. Just like, I, I read self-help books. I read success books. I read like metaphysical books. I read all these books. So I had this desire to help people to better themselves. And the next level for me was like really going in and figuring out what's, what's going on in people's heads and talking about their thoughts and helping and helping them in that way. It's not, and not as much about like helping them to lose weight or helping them to gain muscle to get abs and stuff like that. So from there, it just was a natural progression for me. It was like, so let's go a little deeper. So I got trained as a coach. And after I got trained as a coach, I started having conversations with people. Actually, while I was getting trained as a coach, I started started having these conversations with people. And I started to realize that I really liked when people talked about their businesses. So I became a business coach. And then when I realized deeper was that I loved when people talked about the businesses that they owned or that they were starting. So I decided to become an executive coach. So that's, that's kind of how that happened. That's the short of it. Um, basically, it came to a, pla- a place where I just wasn't really happy with what I was doing. It wasn't fulfilling yeah. anymore. And I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Let me ask you this because this this actually yields nicely into the, the question I want to ask you. The because I I actually struggled with this before when I hired my first coach years ago. Mm. I I looked at a, a a I hired a business coach or someone in the capacity of a business coach, and I I likened it to like like a physical trainer or personal mm-hmm. trainer for fitness. That I should I didn't know how to get my business to where I want it to be. So my idea was, let me hire a business coach to then lay out the plan for me to get from where I am to where I want to go. Mm. Um, my, my understanding of like coaching versus trainer versus consultant has changed over the years. But let me ask you, what's the difference for anyone out there who maybe has a, a comparable question? Or what's the difference, would you say, between, let's say, a coach, a consultant, or, and a counselor? Because okay, it seems right, like right. people with problems, there's there's a real blur or a real fine distinction between those right. three. Right. So, and it's funny because all of them kind of end up calling themselves coaches many times. Well, I said now, to call yourself a coach is like a sexy thing. I'm a coach, right? But not all of them, from my understanding of what coaching is, aren't all coaches. I think a coach helps you helps you to improve. That's what I think. A coach helps, you're doing well, they help you to improve. So in the way of doing that is by asking questions, asking very curious questions and putting us on the same, we're on the same level as a, in a coaching conversation. You and I are on the same level. There's no hierarchy, right? We're taking your issues. We're taking your problems. We're putting them on a the table and we sit there and look at them together. Right. Um, a consultant, there's a little bit of a hierarchy there. 
you're com you're coming to the consultant and the consultant gives you an answer right or gives you gives you or gives you the plan to solve your problem right a counselor or i guess a mentor a mentor again there's a hierarchy you come to a mentor you say listen you've been there you've done that i respect what you've done i want to know more about what you, i want i want to gain knowledge from you i want to gain understanding from you and they give you what what you're what you're needing a coach Again, we, just, we sit side by side and we figure it out from there. I may point things out, you may point things out, and we ask questions and we figure things out together. It's a partnership like that. Got so it. that's how I see that. That's how, that's, that's one of the ways I see the difference is the hierarchy. There's no higher, and my, for me, sometimes it's, I don't know. Like, I, like you ask me a question, I really don't know. Cause you, you're the expert here. I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do next. <laughs> I got never spent a day in your shoes at all. So what do you think is next? And we discover together. Interesting. Is there a, when working with the, the kinds of clients you work with, and again, particularly it's, it's business owners or, um, you know, C-level type individuals, do you find that there's a common, I don't want to call it objection, but like a primary level thing that they have to overcome first? I, I bring this up because I was actually watching a, it was like a Tony Robbins video and it's very interesting. I mean, he, he says, or, or at least this particular video was you've got it no matter where you are, if you're frustrated and you're not the place you're at, the first thing you should do is think about like erase everything and figure out what'll make you happy. Mm -hmm. So like it, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that kind of makes sense. And I wonder if you in your work with your clients, there's always, or maybe a few common objections or a few common like sticking points that you have to work, you know that 90% of your clients, you're gonna have to work through one of these things first. Right, when they think that their thoughts are real. Hmm. That's when, when they think that all the, th the thoughts that they're having, that they're real. And I have to separate them from that. I have to help them to understand that they're not real. The stories we make up. And that your limitations are just stories that you made up. But some people really, really believe the stories they made up are true. And I have to help to sh show them that their story is just a story that they've made up. So that's everyone. Could I ask what, what that conversation looks like? It looks like, yeah, I'm, I'm responsible for selling this product. But I'm bad at selling this product. That's a story that you made up. It's not true. It's just a story that you made up. And if that's the story you believe, then you're not going to be able to sell this product. So the story that you made up um, runs counter to what you really want and to sell this product. So we have to make it, we have to, first of all, show you that, that story is bullshit, right? And then start to create a better story that's more conducive to you selling that product. How do you find, because this is like, this is a little selfish when, maybe where <laughs> I've struggled the most, like the implementation of a new story or a new way of thinking. Um, so do you have any, any advice or thoughts on like how, if anyone's listening out there, like, all right, I've, I've thought about that. I've, I've tried saying new things in the morning. When I get up, I speak in the mirror. I am powerful, whatever it is to try to replace the, the or change the narrative that's going on in your mind. Um, but how to help that stick? 
you know what? That's a good. I think it's a really good question. I think there's there's lots of different things we could be doing, right? There's lots of different. I mean, listen, if we had the answer to this, we'd have the answer to the whole universe, right? Right. <laughs> right? How do we? How do we? That's basically how do we create something new? That's the question, right? Like, if our beliefs shape our reality, if we can change our beliefs, we can change our reality, right? And if we want transformation, we have to learn how to change reality. So how do we do that, right? I think one, one way you do that is some of the things that you name. Some of the things that you name work if you do them the right way. Like a thought, how do you end up believing something? Let's have that conversation. Where, where, do, where do we come to believe things? Where does that come from? Like think of something that you believe. What, what's something that you believe? Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, he put me on the spot. Uh, something I believe. Let's <laughs> go with, I don't know. Uh, uh, here, here's one. Here's one that I, I, something that carried me for years that you have to struggle for money. Right. 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 So you can see, how, how did you come to believe that? Um, I think a lot of it was spoken to me. Right. Growing up. Um, that was, that was not, you know, not only spoken to me, that was the experience Right. of my parents. Right. Um, and from that, like I, I carried that. I came up with the idea that, or I, I embody the belief that you have to struggle to make money. Right. You embodied that belief. Someone told you that belief, but you then held on to it and embodied it. Right. And then you came to believe it from there. Cause you, it sounds like you probably practiced it. Right. Like, Hey, this is the thing. And then you start to, okay, if my parents say so, then it must be so. And then you start to practice it. It's the same thing with any other belief. Just pre- some of it, ha- you have to practice it. A lot of it's practice. But let me ask you, how do you, how do you practice something that flies in the face of reality, right? Um, because if, if let's say, the, I mean, a lot of pe- people that listen to this are probably going to be in some kind of business space. Right. And it might be, it's a commonly held belief that, or not commonly held, but like a lot of people struggle with conversations about money. And it comes from this idea that money is hard to come by one point or another. So if, if you're trying to replace that belief, but it, like, I think the, the, the there's, real probably, ten- there's probably evidence that also runs counter to that belief. Okay. If we look in at it. If we really look at it, there's, there, we, can, we can find evidence that runs counter to that. Like, um, all right, so rich, pe- wealthy people are evil. That's what I heard recently. Wealthy people are evil. Really? Is that true in every situation? That re- wealthy people are evil? Right. Well, okay, maybe not in every situation. Okay, so we're already starting to realize we're believing something that's not completely true. Right really in every situation and then we could say what about this and we can maybe give a situation where a person wasn't evil and rich okay well that's one person we're starting to chip away at this argument you know you're a lawyer you know this right yeah we put the thought on the on the witness stand ah, i like that <laughs> <laughs> yes we do we put the on the witness stand you and i we put that thought on the witness stand and we start hitting it with questions yeah. is what you're saying really true <laughs> okay well maybe what i'm saying is not true okay oh that's very interesting um i actually like that i never i actually ne- that that's the first time i've ever heard of that and like <laughs> looked at it that's actually 
pretty potent for anyone who's listening to this. Um, I want to ask you about failure um, because maybe it's just the human condition, but we spend a lot more energy focused on failures and the negative than we do good things that, that surround us each and every day. Um, when, when working with clients that you coach, how do you handle whatever constitutes a failure event? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a mind, it's a mindset. It's just the way you're looking at it. Just like everything else. So what happened? So you, you had a goal for May 15th that you were going to have, you know, $25,000 in sales or whatever. You didn't get there. You fell short. You got $10,000 in sales, right? All right, good. So what did we learn there? What did we learn? What worked? What didn't work? Right? Now we have lessons. So, okay. So now let's apply the lessons. So without that failure, we don't get that. We don't get those lessons. We don't still get that. Like when you, like when you do well, like, you know, you're the Chicago Bulls and you're winning 72 games, right? That came after lots of lessons. That came after them losing in the, in the playoffs. That came after a lot of lessons had to happen to get there, right? So without the lessons, we don't get there. We don't. How could we? How could we get there without the lessons? So... You could call it failure if you want to. If that's if that's the word you like to use, then you can use that word. You can call it lessons. Yeah. Interesting. The I, I like I, there's. You reminded me of a book that I mean I I talk about this book everywhere and every time I go Psycho Cybernetics. Oh and my like, god, I love that. Book. Likens it to oh yeah, so you, you pointed out one day when I had it. Yeah, like love the that book. Zigzagging your way to success, right? You don't a missile doesn't know where it's going unless because of the negative feedback. Yeah. Um, Are there practices that you encourage for, and again, this is another selfish, selfish question. I love the selfish questions. Quiet that mental chat. Like again, anyone who's jumping into or or trying to realize like, how can I improve my life? How can I level up in whatever area it is? Um, There's a lot of voices that, that have conversations in our head. Mm. And I like me personally, it takes a lot of work, a lot of energy to be aware of those conversations. Are there any suggestions you have for people to, to maybe take more control and have more power over those conversations that are going on? Interesting. You say take control and have power over them. I think that some of the problem could be that people are trying to take control and have power over those thoughts. I think that could, for some people that can cause more frustration. You're there wrestling with these thoughts when you, instead of just realizing that they're thoughts, I think that helps to have an understanding that these are thoughts that I'm having. It's almost like, um, it's almost like the weather, right? You go outside and it's raining. Like you're not raining, you're in the rain, right? So when you're having these thoughts and you're having, sometimes it's just saying, Oh, I'm in the rain and knowing that it's not you. I think that separation helps sometimes. I think, uh, silence, quiet. I mean, a lot of these things, pe- people notice, you know, yeah. spend time, be present with the thing that you're doing. 
Like be pre- like find time to be present with the thing that you're doing. You, listen, people talk about, mo- about meditation, right? Meditation could be you sitting in a chair in a certain position with your eyes closed and saying a mantra. It could be that, or it could just be really paying attention to the thing that you're doing. Because that chatter doesn't happen when you're paying attention to the thing that you're doing. Right. The chatter only happens when you're either thinking about the past or thinking about the future. That's when the chatter happens. When you're in the thing that you're doing now, that chatter doesn't happen. Do you think that everyone is coachable no matter where they are? Or no. <laughs> not, man. <laughs> not. <laughs> I used to think that. The reason why I used to think that. I can coach anybody. Yeah. But then I started to have different experiences. What, what makes someone co- – and the reason I – I mean, whoever's listening to this, there might be some people who the first thing they'll say is, you know, I, 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 I'm not coachable I've tr- or I've done before. Or maybe like, how do I know – why would I get someone involved in my life if, like, I, I don't know I'm there or something like that, you know? So what, what makes someone – not whatever's easier, not coachable or someone that is coachable. I'm the franchise player. We in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Remember Allen Iverson said that? You don't remember that? I, I, you don't remember that? It's like his iconic speech. No, I don't remember that. So the, so, so the <laughs> you're just looking at. So the press, <laughs> Allen Iverson had missed practice. He missed like a couple practices. This is when he was playing on the Sixers. This is when Allen Iverson was the beast. And he missed some practices. Because Allen Iverson didn't like to go to practice. And he's like, I can't believe we're in this press conference right now. And you're asking me about missing practices. I'm the franchise player. We're talking about practice. We're not talking about the game that I love. We're just talking about practice. He didn't want to go to practice. Because he didn't feel like he had to go to practice. Because he's the star. That's not coachable. <laughs> How could you coach that? Maybe there's a way. Maybe you say, okay, well, what is it you really want? Well, I want – so maybe there is a way to be coachable. But I think that you have to be – the person has to be open to coaching and open to growth or else it doesn't make any sense. If, you, if you're happy with right where you are, there's, why would you need a coach to be right where you are? You don't need that. You don't need it. Or if you're in a place where – if you're in a place where you're, like, injured – where you're like mentally, emotionally injured, right? Like you've real serious mental, emotional injuries. Then coaching is probably not the thing for you at that moment. Like healing those injuries is what's most important for you in that moment. Um, so yeah, so uh, I guess a willingness to grow has to be there. Um, and you have to be, you have to be able, willingness, and, but yeah, you have, to be, you have to be able. You have to not be injured. I can't, me coaching someone who's injured is like a per, someone with a bullet wound to the leg going into the gym and saying, hey, I'm going to increase my squat. Right. Like, well, I think first we need to deal with the bullet that's in your leg before we start worrying about increasing your squat. Hmm. Um. What, what about coaching excites you? Like, oh. wh- why, why does it, like, there could be, you have your, you have your story, like, you were, pers- you were a personal trainer of people, and that just something you, 
let's call it you weren't happy with that like that experience and so you moved on to something a little more for you engaging and whatnot mm-hmm. but now that you're here like like you've been doing it for some time now what what about the experience I, I don't know if you want to say what constitutes success is it just the experience of working with people like what what does it for you being a coach so I told one of my clients a couple weeks ago, she, uh, she sent me a text message. She was, um, I almost want to read the text message, but I won't. She sent me a text message because she was, um, she had stayed up late the night before and she was dragging and she just, she was trying to figure out how to, some strategies on how she could get her way through the day, you know, do well throughout the day, even though she had stayed up and she was exhausted. And I, I hadn't seen the message. It was maybe like 30 minutes after she sent it. I, I, I don't know if I was in a session or what it was. And by the time I had seen the message, she had already come up with her own answers to her question. So she was like, I guess I should be gentle to myself. So when I saw it, I wrote her back. That sounds like great advice. And she was like, well, I make your job very easy. I don't, don't I? And I said, well, when my job's not easy, I'm doing it wrong. Like if I'm sitting here and we're in a session and I'm struggling to help you with your problem or fix your problem, I'm doing it wrong. Like my job is supposed to be easy. If it's not easy, it's wrong for me in the session at least. Yeah. There's a lot of preparation that goes into the sessions. You know, a lot of reading, I do a lot of studying, I do a lot of my own work that I do myself. But when we're in the session, it's hard. It's because I'm doing it wrong. So I love that. I love the fact that I can be there for somebody for questions, very yeah. basic questions, very easy questions. And then magic happens. I love that. I love that. It's like, the, cause there's no ego involved in that. There's no, Oh, Brian's a great coach. There's a, I mean, there's, it's more like I'm here with this person and they're figuring things out for themselves. And it's magical to watch that the right person with the right question and the right timing. And th- then things just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. I love it. I love it. How does someone who's, who's looking to work with a coach find the right coach? Yeah. Right. Good question. Good question. Oh, right. So first they they want to figure out what it is. Great question, Rich. First it is they want to figure out is what do they want? You have to figure out what you want. Even if the figuring out what you want is what you want, at least come to understand that, right? If it's to, if it's to grow your business, if it's to have a relationship, if it's to, I don't know, increase your sales, figure out what it is that you want. And if you don't figure out, if you don't know what it is, at least know that the thing that you want is to figure out what you want. And then find, ask around, ask some of your friends, ask people. Who do, who do you know that is, 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 is well with this? Or ask someone, this is even better, ask someone who is good at what you want or who has what you want and ask them and ask them how they figured it out. Ask what help they had. I think that helps too. But the first thing is always figuring out what you want. It makes, because then when you get to the coach, it's not like, it's, you're a little bit better directed and they can help you better if you already know. Or if you're super clear that you're not clear, but at least come in with that. Listen, I don't know what I want. And I need a coach that helps me, that's going to help me figure out what I want. Because there's a coach for it. So the first thing is figure out what you want. 
and be clear with that. Then I think that the rest of it kind of falls into place after that, once you figure out what you want. So the, the people, everybody, everybody and everything you need will kind of come to you once you figure out what it is you really want and why you want it. What do you want people to say about you? Oh man. When they work, when they work with you, like what, what, I understand like you want to see, like there's a tangible result of getting someone to where they want to, like, let's say a number or so, but what do they, what do you wish they said about you? Conversations with Brian made my life better. <laughs> Conversations with Brian made my life a lot better. That's what I want them to say. All right, I can cheers to that. I like that. I've never <laughs> that. It's simple. Simple. But it's, but it's, but it's, I mean, can you think of a better thing than that? No, I mean, you know what? I like for a long time, like one of my guiding principles was that the people in my life, I want the people in my life to be people that I want to have beers with. Right. And like, generally you'll only have people like that, that you have conversations that you really enjoy. And like you can point back and always ref like remember those conversations that you, those fun, engaging conversations. Um, so mm. something similar is what yeah. I want. Yeah. Everyone wants to have an impact on people like that. Everyone who doesn't want people to be like, wow, that being around that guy changed my life. Who doesn't want that? Right. Or being around that person changed my life or made my life better everybody wants that it just so happens that i want mine to come through conversations yeah or let me ask you this for any coaches that are listening um as a matter of and i don't know if maybe we want to dive a little bit into like how what your goals are what how you see your business moving forward do you have any advice for coach because it, it might from the outside looking in it, it starts off, it could be a challenge to get a coaching practice started off because you're really, you're often trading time for dollars, right? right. Um, and you're, you're cabined by the amount of time you have. So what advice, again, if you want to share a little about your goals and how you've grown your business, what matters to coaches and like, here's some things to consider if you want to start scaling up and, and growing your own coaching practice. Right. I guess it's, 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 um, is advice that I would give almost anybody first. First, it's like vague, like, right. So <laughs> first we'll stop there, right? The, the advice that I would give anybody is be really good. Be, be like, be super good at it. Do everything you can to be super, super good at it. Like spend time with it. Like read the books, listen to the lectures, get a coach, like do the thing that makes you be like super good at it. That's like number one for anybody who asked me. Be, just yeah. be really, because things get easier when you're good at it. And things get more fun when you're good. At it. Like being a rock star, people talk about being rock stars, right? And I think truly being a rock star is being super duper good at something, right? To the point where the other things that you do probably don't even matter as much. Like, you're, like most rock stars aren't the best looking people right? <laughs> right? If we look at rock, they're not the best looking, but they always seem to have tons of friends and tons of women around them and all the kind of this awesome life, right? But we kind of put them to the side the fact that they're not the best looking people, or they're maybe not even the nicest people. Many times rock stars aren't nice people. They're known for, like Kurt Cobain was not known for being a nice person, 
right? He was a tortured, messed up person, right? But he was so good at what he did. It was like, well, he's, but he's so good at what he does. <laughs> That's what being a rock. <laughs> yeah, he's not the nicest person, but man, he's so good at that thing he does. Like, be super good at something. Yeah. Right? That's number one. And uh, I guess number two, like, d- do it for other people. Right? Do it for you, of course. Okay? You know, you want to self-preserve and take care of yourself. But find something that you love to do and do that thing for other people. The thing that you really love to do. Jimi Hendrix loved to play the guitar. So he just played the guitar, played the guitar over and over again. Then he started playing the guitar for people. And that's when he started making money, when people started hearing him play guitar. So be really, really super good, and then learn how to make that super good thing into a thing that helps other people. As far as specifically about growing a coaching practice, just start coaching people. Just start coaching people. Don't wait until, oh, when I get my website up, I'm going to start coaching people. Yeah. Or when I, when I get my business cards, then I'm going to start coaching people. Or when I get my, listen, get trained and then start coaching people. So getting trained is, of course, that's being good, right? Be good at what you do, right? But then start coaching people. Start having conversations. Coaching conversations, coaching relationships, coaching money from coaching, making a living in coaching comes from you having conversations with people. Yeah. At least in my perspective, I don't know. Maybe there's people out there who get coaching contracts online. Maybe you never have to talk to them. I don't know how that works. I, I can't understand it. But for me, have conversations. That's it. I guess I want to ask you, I mean, because you've been very generous, generous with your time. Oh, um, cool. this is fun for me. This is a conversation. <laughs> what if and this is going to be like one of these like huge philosophical things yeah if you could if you could encourage people generally to shift their mindset to a certain mindset mm-hmm. and have like a, a a guiding principle what what would that be what would that look like is it and again, I don't know if you have something in mind. Is it like mm. every, every action you take should pursue happiness, should pursue wealth? Like, huh. Yeah, it's the mindset. It's the creative mindset. Yeah, the creative mindset. The, it's the thought that what you are experiencing, you are creating. Mm. You're creating this. You're making it all up. So if we understand that we're making it all up, then we work more diligently to make it up. I think. So um, when we realize that we have responsive, that we are responsible for it. Right. When we blame other people and other things on our, for our conditions, then we give that thing or those people the power over us. But once we start to realize that we are creating this or at least co-creating this, then things are better when people realize that they're responsible. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad you share that because I like part of me, I've been sharing with people that I like, I'm kind of pivoting in life and, and figuring out some new things. And really some of that has translated into me feeling more, more creative in the things that I'm doing. And it's almost like I'm tapping into 
that childlike thing. when you're a kid you just yeah. you color where the hell you want you just do whatever yeah. you want and at some point you lose that and like i felt for a long time i don't know why i was operating i was just operating under some some system but i i didn't understand why i was doing it it's just like trained into me to you got to do this you got to this is the life you want to lead and now that i'm here and maybe like spend time with myself and thinking about it no, I want to like color wherever I want to color. I don't want to color in the lines yeah. or the cases. And so it's I, like, I, I find it, I, I appreciate you sharing that, that like mm. be understanding that you have creative power, but knowing that, that you have the ability to then create a life of your, like the intro to this podcast says it, a, create a life of your design. Yeah. Because we, choice, like we all have choice. The only, it's weird. The only thing that we don't have a choice about is choice. I've said that before, right? You have to make choices. Like right now, I'm choosing to sit here talking to you. Yeah. You're choosing to sit here talking to me. If you could have chosen 15 minutes ago to close your computer and end this conversation if you felt like it at the time, right? We always have choice. So if we have choice, we have, we're responsible. If we have choice. Yeah. Brian, we can go on and on. We can go, we could on. go on and on. We can go on and on. I really want to thank you for your time, for your generosity. This was, this is like going to be one conversation that is going to change like in my life particularly, and I'm sure the lives of others who listen to this. Any any words you have as we part to anyone who comes across this, let's say five years in the future, and say, man, that Brian Winston guy. Uh, what what words or thoughts that you want to leave uh, anyone who listens to this with? It's your responsibility. Nobody else's. No one's coming to save you. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. I you guess. Or, or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's your responsibility. No one's going to save you. That's going to go forever, forever be, be here. Uh, remember, right? <laughs> no one's going to save you. Well, Brian, my friend, thank you so much for all of your time, your thoughts. This was a very good conversation. I love conversations like this where it's you're really examining things like choice, why you do the things you do, right. um, and really understanding where your life is and, and what you want out of life. Right. Um, if if anybody wants to reach you, how how can they do, how can they do so? Uh, Instagram is b mark winston b m a r c w i n s t o n at uh in Instagram um linkedin brian winston um my website is uh dot com. right and my tell my home telephone number is no 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 we'll leave that no, don't, no problem. i'll link those i link those connections in the show notes um awesome. and, and with that everyone brian winston thank you my friend i know you got you got some other stuff to take care of uh, well, thank really you so i appreciate time. it really appreciate your conversation and AR nation uh, until next time, take care, be well. Bye for now.